Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, ESPN2. Hey, Uh-oh. you got it. Yeah, You got it. it this morning. Right off the top. Look at that. Key, Key, Keyshawn and I were trying to put Jay up on Ligers just now in the heading into this uh it, it opening was, block. It, it was not until I Googled a picture of what the hell a Liger was. What? what? It, it's like a truck. Yeah. Those things are big. It's a half tiger, half lion. But wh- I forgot which is the female, which is the male, but one of them doesn't have the thing that tells itself to stop growing. So it just continues to grow. It's like Tiger King. Why when I Google and I get the images, I, I see people standing next to Ligers. Like, why do people do? I don't, I don't, I don't get that. I'm not standing next to a Liger. No. Like with my hand on, like, hey, look at me next to it's a like liger. A mythical Take a picture beast for Instagram. <laughs> no, <laughs> why? Because they probably feel comfortable based on the trainers or whoever's there. Are they still alive? That's what I'm wondering from the pictures. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. not supposed to, you know, it's not, not like the, the lion is a social animal. Tiger is solitary, so it's nature's all messed oh, up. No, I'm talking about the people standing next to them in the picture. That's oh, yeah, but yeah. as long, like as, as, long as the animal doesn't sense fear, you'll be fine. Are but you if, a specialist? <laughs> I'm just telling you from what I know from watching Discovery Channel and things of that nature. That's all I that's all I watched for a couple of years of my life. Right? I mean, shows. like, you know, I didn't I didn't actually go to school to be a veterinarian or anything like that. But you watch enough on, Matt Geo, the Liger King. He's right, the Liger King. No, but anything, so you just calm. You'll be all right. Yeah. There's a huge all Thursday right. night football matchup tonight. No, not no, no. Being calm here, Keyshawn. <laughs> there is a huge Thursday night football matchup tonight between my beloved New York Football Giants and the despicable Washington Football Team at eight twenty. They're the enemy. They're the enemy tonight. Swinging at eight twenty p.m. Questions have popped up about the health of Saquon Barkley. Here is the Giants running back from a few days ago on when he'll know how he feels heading into the game. Thursday, uh, when I'm out there. You know, uh, I feel like the warming up and all that stuff will definitely indicate it because in here you can't really, you're not really running full speed um, just with the nature of the short week. Uh, so, you know, just keep the communication with the doctors and the trainers and, and listen to them. But definitely when I'm able to start moving around a little bit more, see how my body feels and see how my body reacts. Now, Saquon talking about how my body reacts on game day, right? How do you feel about that, Key? I'm I'm okay with it because I understand the language. And and he's just not giving anything away right now. He doesn't want them uh, to get an edge and and understanding that he may or may not be playing. He wants to make them feel that way. Uh, He's certainly going to take the field tonight. He gives the Giants the best chance to win. Is he healthy? Yes. Or else he wouldn't be out there. They wouldn't have him practicing. You cannot, on a short week – not be at full strength in practice, miss time, rotating in and out with other guys. No, he has to get the reps to be able to, you know, get back to form. And when you decide at the 11th hour you're going to tell your team you're not ready to go, guess what? That's worse than than letting – that's worse than anything because you're leading people on to make them believe you are ready to go. So, you're, so there's no way that's happening, right? No, you don't do that. Jay, which New York Giant has more to prove tonight, Daniel Jones or Saquon? It's Daniel Jones. Yeah, that's not I, – I don't think that's a question. I, I, if you're asking me out of those two, I think it's Daniel Jones. But if you're asking me who has to make it work for either Saquon Barkley or Daniel Jones, it's Jason Garrett. And, you know, we're talking about Saquon Barkley. Is he ready to go tonight? Well, 
Yeah, if the offense isn't predictable. Uh, well, game every over. Every first down. Oh, what? here we go. We're going to run the ball every first down because that's what we do. You know, we're not going to play up tempo. We're not going to, you know, throw any quick slants. We're not going to have any play action on first down. Makes life difficult for Saquon. We saw that against Denver. Same thing for Daniel Jones. You know that every second and third down, when you're playing at a deficit, now you have to throw the ball. Makes the offense predictable. So I would like to see how Jason Garrett utilizes both Saquon and Daniel Jones in a game like tonight. Well, more creativity certainly helps an offense out. Um, Shocking. when (laughs) When you go run, run, pass, Jeez. Run, 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 punt. <laughs> People will eventually catch on. But a lot of coaches try to set things up using the run game. And if you can get to second and four because you gained six, now that's more manageable. You got two downs to pick up the four. Or if you get first and five, second and five, you got two downs to pick up the five. I think that is a philosophy that works when you have somebody that's healthy like Saquon Barkley. If you don't, then you have to be a little more creative with the, the formations, things of that nature. Let's just not line up in regular sets two by two and decide to do that. You got to get in a bunch. You got to motion guys across. Got to get in an empty sets. You got to do variations of things so that your offense won't be predictable because after a while, everybody knows what you're going to do. Apparently, Jason Garrett doesn't know what you just said, though, because he. Let me. Uh, this is the question for me, uh, Key and Jay. I want to hear your opinion on this, too. There, this is what's out there with Giants fans, right? Saquon Barkley won't run between the tackles. Now, other fans will say, who are the tackles? Mm -hmm. Saquon's a home run hitter. He's always been a guy looking for the home run. But this goes back to, like, Barry Sanders and Emmitt Smith. Do you want the guy who gets you those predictable gains, or do you want the guy who sometimes might get tackled for a loss but also might hit the home run anytime he touches the ball? Is Saquon... Not a guy who will run between the tackles, Key. Is that a problem? No, it's not. He he does run between the tackles. I just saw some clips as we were coming into the show where he's running between the tackles against the Broncos. So I'm not sure what – That's the reputation. I'm not sure what people are seeing when they or what they're thinking when they say run between the tackles. I think because they mean a guy clearly who's, who's going to go north-south instead of east-west. That's between oh, he, the tackles right there. It right there. Right, you, so I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> Well, you also have to have an offensive and that's a toss, line, right? And that's considered a toss play, pulling a guard. That has nothing to do with running between the tackles. Right. But here he is again. He bounced that get between the tackles. But even when Saquon was at Penn State, though, he was more bouncy running east to west. Like, he likes to maneuver that way. But when you say, hey, running through the tackles in the O-line, okay, well, that's a glaring weakness of glaring weakness. the Giants. So, if the O-line isn't doing their job, obviously Saquon has a talent that I think he can mitigate that to a degree. But, like, what kind of creative play calling are you doing to open things up for Saquon? Well, it depends on if they're calling trap plays, if they're pulling guards, pulling tackles, pulling centers, what's available to them. Are they moving the nose tackle out of the way so he can go right up the gut, then bounce it? It just all depends on what they're doing uh, from a scheme standpoint. The the reason I – like, something that I am genuinely curious about, coming out of college, I was like, on paper, just on paper – that's the best running back prospect ever. If you have to say size, speed, maneuverability, how elusive he is, he can catch, work ethic, all like saying all the right, you know, Key, as Key does this in the morning sometimes, he'll start giving you football speak, but like just the right kind. Like that's the dude who I would think, and then 2,000 yards from scrimmage with 15 touchdowns as a rookie. It hasn't panned out that way. Is that strictly injury? Well, it has panned out that way, though. Max, you mentioned injury on the back end of that. His first two years in the league, he was fine. 
He just kept getting – he got injured his first year, you mentioned. Yeah, dude, was crazy. dude was crazy. Yeah. His second year, he was going nuts. He just had a little night nicks and bruises. Then he tears his knee last year. So he's done everything that he needed to do to prove to people that he was worthy of the pick. Now he just needs to come back off the ACL injury and pick up where he left off when he was healthy. Jay, are you buying – are you buying what Saquon was selling last week? Like, yeah, the yards per carry was like two point something. But look, mm-hmm. I had to get that first game out of the way. The offensive line's not very good, and now he can get going at some point. I mean, on on, on a short week of rest, I, I hope he can get going. I mean, I, considering his history now, like when you think about Saquon Barkley, I automatically go back to the injury and the fact that he played through a lot of injuries. So I want to see him sustain, and I think that's the question: Can he sustain a high level of play without being injured again? Keyshawn J. Will and Max presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. You can be a part of KJM Nation on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed at, K- at Key J and Max. Th- th- those are our names, Key J and Max. I got that. You got it. Or on the Dr. Pepper call in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We're asking you who will win tonight's Thursday night football matchup, Giants or Washington. ESPN Nation's presented by Dr. Pepper. College football is back and so are the fans. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Coming up next, why one new coach and quarterback duo have a ton on the line in week two. That's next on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and ESPN2. This morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, Pro Football Hall of Fame coach and Key's former coach, Bill Parcells, as we look ahead to week number two in the NFL. Bill Parcells, this morning at 7.30 Eastern with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. I just want to make sure I clarify. You're saying after evaluating one game, are you evaluating what Jalen Hurts did last year? Yes, against Arizona, especially a game they lost. He showed flashes where you're like, ooh, that kid is good. Carson Wentz has been in steady decline for a year and a half. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Colts and Rams. I'm looking forward to this game 
on Sunday. Indy's coming off the disappointing debut for Carson Wentz. What did people expect? Uh, what, what, who, here's the question. This is the question. Ready? Who would a second loss this week for the Colts, who would it mean more for? Reich or Wentz? The, co- the coach or the quarterback, Key? I, I, think it's a, I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I, I think you will start to hear from the Indianapolis Colts fan base, not Chris Ballard, the general manager, or not Ursay, the owner, but you will hear from the base that we may, these two guys may not be the right guys. Hmm. Even though you go to the playoffs a year ago, and you have Buffalo somewhat on the ropes in Buffalo with an aging quarterback of Phillip Rivers, because Frank Reich has had a different quarterback every single year as a head coach, and two of those quarterbacks he wanted in Phillip Rivers, or at least he was attached to them, whether he wanted them or not, he's been attached to them, Phillip Rivers and now Carson Wentz. And we get off to an 0-2 start with a quarterback that we – traded a second-round pick that could be a first-round pick depending on how things end in the season, people will start to say he may not be the right coach or this, that, and the other. And so you start to hear those sort of things. And when that, <clears throat> when that momentum starts to take shape, the noise gets louder. Oh, that, that's really interesting. I, I, I want to get uh, – Jay, I want yeah, you yeah. to weigh in, but that – I, I got to – go ahead. Go ahead. No, go no, ahead. no, no, go no. Ahead, I, want, I want to hear what Follow you have to up. say. I want to hear what you have to say. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because of y'all. <laughs> I just, I, I feel like they're intertwined. I, I don't think it's one or the other. Like he just said, you know, if you were to let go of Carson Wentz, and that would have been Frank Wright being on his fifth quarterback in five years. Gee, just think about that. Fifth quarterback in five years. Wow. Um, and for Carson, look, I went back and I watched the tape the other day. Key said something I thought was fascinating. He said, you know, sometimes – your quarterback can make the O-line look worse than what it was. I watched the tape, man. Like, he wasn't patting the baby. He wasn't holding on to the ball too long. Like, those dudes are coming off those corners. They're coming off those edges fast, fast. And, it, look, I think if it wasn't for Carson Wentz, they wouldn't even be in the game to begin with. The one fumble was on a QB sneak. So, I, I do want to press pause and just slow it down a little bit. I know we jumped to DEFCON 5. Whenever it's Carson Wentz, considering what he went through last year. But I think if they shore up that O-line, I mean, I look, they're waiting for Eric Fisher to get back. But I, I would bet on Frank Wright kind of shoring up their scheme offensively in their next game. And obviously some questions defensively, too, because Russell was able to throw it over <clears> top <throat> a ton. I think they're going to be okay against the Rams. The, I, I don't think they will okay. be. And let me say what I find well, interesting. I know one thing, that right tackle that huh. just got pushed to the ground, he need to figure out how to <laughs> – <laughs> that dude got pushed to the ground. Especially no, against Seattle's defense. But, I hear but you. But when you brought up um, Ursay and Ballard, to me that's key. And I'll tell you, so to speak, and I'll tell you why, Key. There are two distinct philosophies to me here, Rams, Colts, because what's everyone saying? And, Key, you might look and see something different, but this is what everyone's saying. Here are two rosters. If they got the right quarterback, they could go all the way, at least really seriously yeah. make a run at no, the Super Bowl. No, I certainly thought that if the Colts got Carson Wentz, this was getting ready to be a game changer. But this is what I'm saying. One of them went bargain bin shopping. I know Wentz can do things. He's done things in the past, but he's been in steady decline like a year and a half. Like things have been unraveling. Phillip Rivers was old. He could do it, but he's old, right? So you don't have to pay a premium for those dudes. 
the Rams identify Matthew Stafford. They gave you a former number one overall who went to two Pro Bowls and a Super Bowl, two firsts and a third. They like, here's our chips in the middle of the table. Get me that baller right there. The Colts were got a little bit cute. Mm, let me see who I can finagle, who might work. I don't have to pay as much for them. Now these two teams are meeting. There's no reason the Colts should be behind the Rams. I would be surprised if the Colts beat the Rams. Well, here's what I would say, um, Max, Max. That No, I know. I just, that's how I talk. <laughs> um, the Rams, has a, they have a relationship with the Detroit Lions because the new general manager in Detroit was, our, was, our, was the Rams' uh, pro personnel director. So he worked with Les Snead. So it was easy mm-hmm. communication. Hey, I've been there with Jared Goff. I know what that is. Oh, good. I'm glad you do. Take him. And it was an easy deal. The Indianapolis Colts actually inquired about Matthew Stafford prior to Carson Wentz, but the deal was already done. So they basically said, okay, we'll we'll settle for this because of the relationship. He had his best years under you. Okay, let's try and make it work. Jay is right. The offensive line, quarterback can't throw if the offensive line is sitting in his lap. There's nothing he could do. But there's times where the offensive line is not sitting in his lap, and he's holding on to the ball or throwing it to the other team. Or well, what you the mentioned the other say. day, if he's, if he's one step to the right or, or the one left. One step to the left, or, or he doesn't get back away from the center fast enough to set his back foot in, in, in rhythm and let it go, things could be disrupted, timing can be off. It's only one game. Right, Thank we don't you. start the trip you. until we get into two and three. Now we start to stress out. Two starts to stress the fans. Three and four stresses internally because at that point the season could get away from you. Teams lose gangster in the NFL. There you aren't know, that many games. Up. Exactly. Matt, I, yeah. wanna, I will call a quick timeout. Yeah, there was only barely one or two people that I remember from this network that were praising the Rams for making that move to get Matthew Stafford. Everybody else was poo pooing it. People were saying he's just another quarterback. So just to put it into perspective, let's remember who they were playing against. They were playing against the Bears and Matt Nagy, Fair. who went down, who went forward on fourth and down m- multiple times because he didn't trust their defense. That's fair. Well, I, I would say that, yeah, Matthew Stafford looked better whether it was the Bears or not. The offense just just looked different. Yeah. I understand. It did. It, it, it did. Said, like when people say against Russell Wilson, who well, now we have as the leading MVP. I, I want to get to another point. Number nine in the Detroit uniform didn't look as good as number nine in that Rams uniform. We got like 30 seconds. I want to get to another point real quick, and maybe we'll discuss it coming out. Um, Key talks about the deal's already done, relationships, all this. I'm thinking baseball right now, what just happened in, in L.A., when Scherzer was on the market. Looks like he's going to the Padres, right? 11th hour, the Dodgers are like, Mm. Okay, here are our chips that we want that dude. It might not work. It may not work. We won last night. I know you won last yeah, night. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It may not work, but it's a philosophy. When, when the time is right, you will pay whatever it takes to put yourself over the top. The Rams, to me, seem to have that philosophy, and the Colts have a different one. All right, look. As the NFL season gets underway, make sure you're ready to kick off with TuneIn, the app that lets you listen to live games, in-depth analysis, and tailored content for your team all season long. Plus, with ESPN Radio on TuneIn, you can listen to comprehensive football coverage from NFL Live, Fantasy Focus Football, and more, all to fuel your football fandom. Download the TuneIn app today to start listening everywhere you're going. Coming up, why the pressure on Daniel Jones is sky high in tonight's game. 
We'll run the no huddle. The no huddle. That's also known as the no huddle in English. Next on Keyshawn J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio and ESPN Two. This morning on Keyshawn J. Will and Max, Pro Football Hall of Fame coach and Key's former coach Bill Parcells. As we look ahead to Week Number Two in the NFL, Bill Parcells. This morning at seven thirty Eastern with Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Two. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Sports Center right now. Dallas Cowboys defensive end Demarcus Lawrence suffered a broken foot in Wednesday's practice that will force him to miss six to eight weeks, according to sources. He had a total of five, sorry, he had five total tackles in last Thursday's loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. A two-time Pro Bowl selection, Lawrence had off-season back surgery, his third since the 2015 season ended to clear up an issue that led to pain shooting down his legs last season. And first-year ja- first Jaguars head coach Urban Meyer addressed the rumors about leaving for USC. Quote, I'm here and committed to try to build an organization, Meyer said. USC fired head coach Clay Helton earlier this week, prompting speculation Meyer might be a candidate for the job. Meyer also dismissed critics of his body language on the sideline during the week one loss to the Texans. And the Browns rule out Odell Beckham Jr. for week two versus the Texans. Coach Kevin Stefanski says his star wide receiver has not suffered a setback in his continuing recovery from left knee injury that, uh, and that OBJ would continue to practice on a limited basis. Beckham was out for Cleveland's week one loss to the Chiefs. Sports Center is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $700 on average. When he went no huddle and they started to make plays. All the big games but light on time? Let us catch you up. Definitely not fun ever playing against no huddle offense. Let's run the no huddle. Whether you huddle, whether you don't huddle, still comes down to just the execution. Max Kellerman, Keyshawn Johnson. Jay Williams, you're listening to Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and ESPN2. We're running the no huddle on tonight's NFC East battle. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Here's ESPN Giants reporter Jordan Renan on the Giants running back and quarterback heading into tonight. It may only be week two, but this is a key game for two of the Giants' most important players. For Saquon Barkley, he's coming back from a major knee injury and is being asked to play in a game for the second time in four days. He admitted this isn't an ideal schedule for someone in his situation. The question can even be asked, seriously, should he be playing for the second time in four days coming off a torn ACL? As for Daniel Jones, 
the pressure is on the Giants quarterback. The pressure is on him to not make the same mistakes he's made throughout his first two years that he made again in week one. This is an opportunity for him to show whether he's capable of lifting others around him and being the franchise quarterback the Giants think he is. That was ESPN Giants reporter Jordan Renan. Key, what do we need to see tonight from Daniel Jones? Much like Jordan said, he, a quarterback that can lift his teammates around him up. And you, when you see the good quarterbacks in the, in the National Football League, that's what they're able to do. Even if they have a lack of playmakers around them, for whatever reason, they get the best out of him. And he has playmakers around him. Let's see what he does against a very stout defense. You need to see him not turn the ball over. I watch Russell Wilson. He slides all the time. Just slide. Get down on the ground. Save the possession. And also, I need to see Jason Garrett. Come with some more creativity offensively. I need to see a bunch of stuff from Daniel Jones tonight. I mean, when he didn't have his wheels last year, remember, he was like a sitting duck in the pocket. I know he doesn't have a good offensive line, but I was expecting him to operate out of the pocket better than that without his legs. He didn't. So he's not really balling out of control to be turning the ball over like he is. There's a bunch of stuff to fix from Daniel Jones. This is year three now. This is not a game. You know, mm. Well, actually, literally, it is a game. <laughs> but, but I'm serious. How concerned are you about Saquon, uh, Key? I'm not concerned about him at all. He only had 10 carries uh, last week. It wasn't like he carried the ball 40 times. So a short week, yes, that is true. He is resting. It's a short week. They're not hitting or banging. Most of this week is like a walkthrough. So I'm not worried about him at all. I think he'll – I'm worried about him against this defense in terms of being able to get the yardage he needs. But if, in terms of staying healthy, I'm not worried. Yeah, I'm not worried about him staying healthy. I, I think Saquon will be okay. More important, I, I just hope that Saquon is being honest with himself and the staff about how he feels. And for me, just because there's pressure for him to play in this game, if you don't feel right, don't play. Mm. Don't let this be what it was before where you tried to grit and grind through it. Save yourself for the future of the organization. We're running the no huddle. Let's take a look at Washington, guys. Here's ESPN's Washington reporter, John Keim, on the expectations for, Tyler, for Taylor Heineke tonight. Taylor Heineke was a failed quarterback who was cut by Carolina in the summer of 2018. But the same head coach who cut him now says there's a difference in his game, which is why Washington coach Ron Rivera and his players say they're confident in Heineke. He's going through his progressions better, more willing to take deep shots and protect himself. Receiver Terry McLaurin said they were impressed with how prepared Heineke was for the playoff game against Tampa Bay last season, considering he was in a college classroom a month earlier. McLaurin said he's a dude who is tough. Defensive end Chase Young said Heineke never looks rattled. Heineke must now prove that confidence is warranted. One thing I really like to uh, talk to you about, one of the reasons I really like to talk to you, Key, about football is, as member was saying, it's Parcellian. So there's a reason you were one of Parcells, who's coming up on the show at 7.30, by the way, the great Bill Parcells, favorite players, because there are some people who can look real quick and kind of size up the situation, right? So athlete eyeball test key. Why do you think Ron Rivera likes Heineke so much? Well, I think <clears throat> when you look at Heineke, he had him in Carolina. They let him go. He wasn't ready. He was young. And it's also where you drafted a guy. He had other players that was there. So you move on from him. Over time, he grows into a decent quarterback. But what he does for Ron Rivera, he Is he a decent him, quarterback? Yeah, he is. Okay. He is. And, and, and what happens with Ron Rivera and what he wants to do is he wants to play defense, run the ball, and have a quarterback not screw it up. 
complimentary football. He's capable of doing that, Max. You don't have to have a star quarterback. He will eventually turn into something special for that particular franchise. And I think that's what Ron and Turner, the offensive coordinator, like. I'm with you. When I hear offensive coordinator Scott Turner talk about him, he spent time with him in Minnesota and Carolina. He stated that he goes, he's going through his progressions better, and he feels like he's a lot sharper. But think about this for Washington. They've had 23 different quarterbacks play at least one game since 2000. 23. Wow. I mean, like more than for, one a year. Looking for consistency from that spot is something that Tyler Heineke has a chance to actually do if he can be consistent with his play. How many right. times do you think he's been called Heineken? Heineken. Heineke, drink a Heineken. Tyler Heineken, right? Instead of Taylor Heineken. All right. How likely uh, is it that, uh, that Washington brings in Cam Newton more from John Kime? Nobody knows Cam Newton like Washington's coaching staff and front office. But for now, at least, he is not in their plans. Washington could have signed Newton each of the last two offseasons and declined to do so. On Monday, Coach Ron Rivera said they were sticking with the quarterbacks they have for now and that, quote, I'm as confident as I could be. As long as Taylor Heineke and Kyle Allen stay healthy and Ryan Fitzpatrick returns later this season, there won't be any reunion in Washington with Newton and Ron Rivera. But if Allen and Heineke get hurt and Fitzpatrick isn't ready and the team remains in the playoff hunt, perhaps that door opens just a little. Okay, I get passing on Cam once upon a time. Did you see him in game two of the preseason? Why isn't Washington interested in Cam Key and should they be? They should be interested in him. But I understand that from a long-term standpoint, you got uh, Heineke right there. You want to see his development. You don't want to disrupt a young quarterback that you feel good about, that you think knows your system, where Cam Newton has to come in, and now this young quarterback is looking over his shoulder or you're immediately replacing him with Cam Newton. Does Cam Newton give them the best chance to win the division if he walks through that door? My opinion Yes. If he's on that team, yes. I'd pick Washington. A- absolutely. Yeah. It's not even a question. Right. But they see something different. They just see something different. How quickly do you think Cam would be able to pick up the playbook and all the nuances for a team? Well, I think for a team or that team. For that team. Well, I, obviously, there's there's consistency there with Ron Rivera, things he's ran in the past, but maybe things I, have I think there, I think that he'll be – I think he could pick the, the, the system up with no problem at all because he, he was in the system for quite some time. But there's going to be some tweaks that he's going to have to learn that they do things different, which won't be a problem. That's on a game-to-game, week-to-week basis. I think he'll be fine if he was to ever get picked up by them. But at some point in time, what you don't want to happen is what if all of a sudden something happens in Dallas and Jerry picks up the phone and says, hey, now you had a chance to get him, now you don't. I mean, you well, think that Cam would be better off in Dallas? I think he's much better off in Washington. It's not a much better off. What my point is, you don't want him right now. Oh, oh you're saying from Washington's point of view, you don't want to let him go to an NFC you don't East want to, rival. Why would you want that, that to happen? That I understand. Guys, the only thing I could think, I mean, there may be personality things behind the scenes, whatever. Cam had to go through COVID protocols that only the unvaccinated yeah. have to go through. Yep. Ron Rivera's had health issues. They have a low vaccinated rate. I... To me, that's the answer. At least that's what it seems like to me. But even Cam they, is not giving himself the best chance right now. But even when they had to pick him up, had an opportunity to pick him up last year during the offseason before we got into all of this heavy COVID stuff, they declined to do so. That's true. But that's so, true. They, they, they looked, they, no, we're good. Yeah. See, Max, I'm going to go back to what I said when Cam first got let go by the Patriots. 
if you if you're Cam, I mean, obviously, look, you'll take a call if it comes from Ron Rivera. But I don't see that being feasible right now. I see him waiting until a quarterback gets hurt for a team that's in the hunt for the playoffs a little bit later in the season. But then that's a problem with what you brought up before because now you got to learn the playbook. you got to learn continuity. He has it. Max is smart. I didn't realize that. That was very smart right there. But it's just not picking up the playbook. Obviously, there's other scenarios that are in Ron Rivera's mind about Cam Newton that makes him feel somewhat uncomfortable bringing him on board. Yeah, when you pick up a quarterback late in the season, typically when you pick him up based on – late in the season or whatever, typically that quarterback has some familiarity with the system that the team is running because he has to get everything up to speed. You don't have time to be picking up a dude that you got to teach him everything. You know, you, you got you need a guy that, that knows some principles about what you're doing. So should we be a little bit worried? Like, is Cam Newton in trouble here? Like, if Cam I, I, Newton doesn't get picked up by a team that he's familiar with their system, right, which are a limited amount of teams – should we start really talking concern for Cam long-term? I got to say this about Cam. Sounds I'm like going to bring it up every time his name is mentioned. I'm going to go through the whole thing. I did it on first take. I did it on my radio show. I'm going to do it here. I'm going to do it on the TV show, 2 p.m. This just in. Yes, shameless man. plug. But I'm, shameless plug. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it up every time. Cam Newton, before he got hurt with the Panthers, yeah. was 6-2 and two that year. He got 20, hurt against the Steelers. He had like a 70% completion percent. Norv Turner is his offensive coordinator. He was having his best passing season of his career and a winning quarterback 6-2. and two. He gets hurt. He's not the same since then. He misses a season. He comes back to the Patriots. No preseason. No practice. New team bereft of offensive weapons, which is why Brady left. New coach, new everything. Hold up. Then he gets covid and has that COVID fog and the whole thing. He's never quite the same afterwards. Nevertheless, two plays away from going 9-7. and seven. People act like the dude can't play football anymore. Key, what's up? Well, I think it, it, when you say people, it, it, it's the fans, right? It's not personnel. But it's the teams, too. Look. Well, it's not the teams. The, the problem is when you have your roster already set and you have quarterbacks that are already in place and under contract, there's no room. You're not cutting certain guys. Like, who are you cutting? There were quarterback needy teams that passed on this. When? Team. This uh, last offseason. Yeah, oh, before he established with the – right, I got exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, he I was cut. You. Carolina didn't do him any favors by holding on to him before everybody signed people. Then New England signs him. Yeah. They draft Mac Jones. He's released. So it's like a weird timing thing it's that's giving timing. the appearance of something else. It's the timing. Like, if you go – and I do this exercise in my head all the time and for other people. All you got to do is go around the divisions. Who is he replacing? Oh. He ain't replacing Matt Ryan. He ain't replacing Jameis Winston. They're young in the AFC East. He ain't replacing any of those quarterbacks. Know who I think out he'd be better in than? The, wait, hold on. Listen, out west in the NFC West, who's he replacing? In the AFC, in the in the in the AFC West, who's he replacing? He ain't replacing Patrick Mahomes. AFC North, who's he replacing? I would have taken him over Carson Wentz, and you didn't have to give up a second first round pick. Yeah, but they not but that's, doing that. There's that's no familiarity. Well, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. They won a championship together. My, I always come back you to this. Yeah, I do. I do see what you're saying. It makes yeah. a lot of sense. Even with Cam, though, like, considering he's turning 33 this year, you would have to be concerned, Key, a little bit with some of the injuries that Cam has been able to have due to the style in which he plays. See, now I'm going to stop, stop you really quick, and we're going to back up because we're going to get rid of that narrative in the style in which he plays, right? Because he didn't get hurt based on the style in which he plays. Yeah, he got hurt in the pocket. Yeah, I understand. Where, by the way, you get so, hurt in the pocket so, more than outside the pocket. Absolutely. So what I do with so, him not being injury prone? No, no. That, but, but, Jay, the narrative is set that he gets hurt 
in, in the style in which he played. Uh-huh. That's not true. I don't want people to continue to think that. But because, he just that he's taken a million hits in his career. But that has not he, – he's taken a million hits and so have other quarterbacks, and they still are upright. You think Tom Brady hadn't taken a million hits? I would compare Tom, more to Tom Brady doesn't play like that. Ben Roethlisberger, he took a million, million hits. hits. Roethlisberger, Cam, hits. there are a couple other different hits. Of hits. Slightly different, different body frames in the but, way they can move athletically between Ben Roethlisberger guy. and Cam. Yes, but Same with Tom, guy, Key. But big guy, nothing, that ha- nothing has happened to him when he's taken those hits I, that have injured him. I, Key, I'm not saying he can't so play, So they brother. shouldn't say it's because of the style in which he plays. But Key... People say what they want to say, regardless what, of whether you tell them they should say it or not. I, I understand and there are that. narratives that follow people. But they need to stop that narrative because it's false. It is false. It's just like saying Tom Brady should start uh, uh, throwing the ball in the perimeter because when he was in the pocket, that's how he got his ACL. Hmm. That, that's nothing. That's crazy. Right, but you know what? It's crazy. Along the lines of what Key is saying, guys, I didn't see – I think everyone's assuming, like, how is the narrative damaging – Cam's not the same, right? But what I saw in the preseason, at least in the second game of this preseason, mm-hmm. was, oh, Cam looks really good, I thought, right? We both now, did. <laughs> oh, right, okay, so then you start hearing things. He's skipping balls in practice and this and that. And, and, but that's why I go back to the COVID situation because when he went through the protocols, that opened the door for Mac Jones. I thought at that moment Cam had the lead, right? And it was probably his job to lose. He lost it. So I, that, that, to me, answers the Rivera question, especially if Coach has health problems and he's trying to get his team on board with vaccinations. And, and if Cam is not, is not vaccinated, it appears he's not, that's what I think it is. Well, uh, it, it, it's, it's that. It's the, the Heineke situation is very similar to Mac Jones' situation, where you don't want a young quarterback feeling the pressure of a veteran guy looking over his shoulder with a big name, you just a don't, lot of media. Whether the people in Boston like his personality and his uh, bandanas and his clothing or whatever the case may be, but well, th- that was a part of my point, right? I was talking about the cumulative effect. Now, if you want to get into the amount of hits he's taken, but if you're also get, what comes along with Cam, like if you're if you're a GM of a team and you have a quarterback that is young, if knowing like, is Cam going to be a starter again? I don't know. Cam probably has to, unless somebody gets hurt into the season. But you even said familiarity with the playbook has everything to do with that. So that leads me to my question. Like, what has to be the right scenario for Cam to come back as a backup role where somebody feels secure enough that all that noise, now I'm not saying it's Cam's fault, but comes along with Cam, can say, that doesn't bother me. Especially if you're a young quarterback. I, I, what scenario I, let, let is good for that? Let me take that real quick here. I want, I want to know what you have to say about this. That's why I'm harping on if he is unvaccinated, what he is doing to himself right now. If that's what's preventing or one of the major things that's preventing Washington's interest, I believe if Cam Newton is healthy and available, right, Washington will win the NFC East. But not only that, Key, I think they could make a run with Cam this year because his style of football and that defense is complimentary. I do too. But, you know, you, I don't know. It, it, I don't know if it's – the vaccination or not, I have no idea. I can only point to last year when they had an opportunity to get him. They and passed. They passed. On it's mm-hmm. true they did. W- w- see, when when somebody... But to your point, they didn't know if he was still Cam or not, and this preseason it looks like most, he is. They got the most information of anybody yeah, on him last year, Max, because he had been with Ron Revere. No, but I'm saying maybe career. at that point he wasn't. You know what I'm saying? But He's coming still, off an injury. You remember, he got injured with them. So they knew exactly <laughs> who he was. 
But you, you understand what I'm saying? I, I do. So, yeah. so Bill Parcells is coming up with us at 730. Bill traded me to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, went to the Dallas Cowboys, then traded back for me because he knew what it was. What it was. Mm. I leave Dallas and go to Carolina with Dan Henning, the offensive coordinator I hadn't had since my days with the Jets. That was a probably, I don't know, a, a seven-year hiatus right. with us. But he knew what that was. It wasn't, it wasn't any, well, I don't know. It was like, he's available. <laughs> he I'm going to get his ass. He can, do what I need. he can do what I need. That's not happening with Ron Rivera and Cam right now for whatever reason. And, Max, every time we have Ron Rivera on the show, man, he seems very diligent. He seems very practical. Like, he does his research on everything before he talks about it. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio. Switching gears to another NFC East team. The Dallas Cowboys defensive end Demarcus Lawrence suffered a broken foot in Wednesday's practice that will force him to miss six to eight weeks, according to sources. Key, how big a loss is this for the Cowboys? I think it's huge. When you, when you, when you look at it, six to eight weeks, you're trying to rebuild a defense. You're trying to add some pressure. Uh, he's their best defensive lineman. Uh, he's missing six to eight weeks. He had five tackles in the, the loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, so, when you look at what you're trying to do, you now or or, or you got you you got Zach Martin back now, but then you lose Collins for five weeks. Now all of a sudden, Demarcus Lawrence high expectations. Dan Quinn's trying to put a defense together. Defense played okay against Tommy Nim, and now you face this situation again going out to. In the L.A. Chargers team, almost called them San Diego, even though they've been there for like been 10 doing years that. I've now. been doing that every um, year. <laughs> and, and you're going up against Justin Herbert, who is going to be one of the top quarterbacks here soon. You got to have that guy on the field. It's a blow. It's a blow. Doesn't mean that they can't overcome it, but it's an initial blow. Hmm. I mean, D.E., uh, Randy Gregory tested positive for COVID. He's out. Michael Gallup, that MRI revealed that he has a strained calf. He'll miss four weeks. It, it, it gets interesting. Now, granted, their next eight games are against teams that didn't make the playoffs, but this game on the road against the Chargers, man, with the way Justin Herbert's been playing, yeah, the fact we saw in that secondary with Tampa. That's, it's, it's more about the fact the that it's on. It's the fact that it's on the defense. Like they can afford a Michael Gallup injury because their offense Understood, is fine. Yeah. The fact that it's their most important guy in their front yeah. is a is a And they're problem. trying to retool their defense. They're right. trying to establish something on the defensive side of the ball. And when you lose a guy six to eight weeks, you now have to replace him with somebody that's probably lesser talent that now is going to, you know, you got to set certain schemes away from that guy because he you, you lose Lawrence. It now affects everything you do up front. I mean, it's, it, it's, a, it's tough. It's a tough blow to him. What okay? So what impact this, does this have on the wow. NFC least? I mean, it's not it's it's not still, a very good division. We still think the Cowboys are probably them and the Washington Football Team, depending upon what we see with Taylor Heineke, probably the two favorites. I don't know, maybe the, the Eagles. Two, so whenever, Eagles are jump so up whenever there. you have the best quarterback in the division, you're probably going to be the best team. So when you look at the four quarterbacks in the division, there's a clear cut one. There's a one in Dak Prescott. Now stack the other three up. Well, I'll say this. We don't know about Jalen Hurts. The early returns look good, right? And the way the team responds to him, the way he's been playing. So we don't know about Hurts. 
The Giants look to be a mess, but I'll just remind everyone, they won six games last year. They were right so there. did the Cowboys. And Well, they didn't have Dak last year. Two years ago, they had Dak. They won eight games. Like, this is a division where however you put them one, two, three, four, f- don't be surprised if four wins the division. And I'm not – I'll take the field over the Cowboys here. See, I hear what you're saying about Dak, but I'll take the other three teams combined over the Cowboys. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to take the Cowboys. Then I'm going to slide the Eagles in there. Then, I'm depending on what tonight brings – I'll flip those two. Yeah. Eagles right now sit at number two for me. Yeah. Because of the guy, he just looks right. I like his calves, his arms, the muscles, his back arm, the triceps. But you know what? Biceps. But, Jay, as, as an <laughs> I, athlete, I, I like and I've been around enough world-class his athletes triceps. to know how often world-class athletes look at the calves. Yeah, I got to look at his calves, calves, man. It's true. Calves mean a lot <laughs> to me. Yeah. I can't. Explain that, Keith. I need to be able to see all this in his hamstring, that line, when you get that line <laughs> in the back of the hamstring. But, Key, explain why the calves. John, you are the Johnny drama of Keyshawn J. Will and Max, always checking out people's calves. I need, because athletically, he just looks right. He just looks right. His arms, his back arm, he get the V right there. He's shaking. It just look right. Key. That just tell me that dude, he's been been working his tail off. I need to know, the audience needs to know, why the calves? Explain why, especially, why do athletes' eyes go right to the calves? (laughs) Because it's just so awkward. I I don't know. I guess it's just, it tells me training right. Training right. He's doing the right thing training. And come to find out, he'd be squatting like 500 Fifty pounds and stuff Hold like on, that so as a quarterback. What What do you think about Max's calves? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, what are we? Yeah, what are we thinking now? I don't even think he. I, do you, <laughs> I, he I was actually does he walk. I mean, I was actually born without calves. Do? It's a rare <laughs> medical. Condition. When was the last time you walked up some stairs? <laughs> <laughs> actually, instead of going up the ramp over here, I actually walked up the stairs. I was like, oh boy, that's a workout. Elevator, please. Why I think this player is the key, no pun intended, to the Browns winning a Super Bowl. That's coming up on Keyshawn J. Will and Max.